0: Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. Now is the time of reformation in which Christ, the high priest of things to come, is confessed before kings. O come, let us worship him.
1: O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. Sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the drum. and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is a God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Lord. Ever shall be
0: world. Without end. Amen. Now is the time of Reformation, in which Christ the High Priest of things to come, is confessed before kings. O come, let us worship Him. will speak of thy testimonies also before kings, and will not be ashamed. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof, and be glad. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life, and loveth many days, that he may see good? Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings, and will not be ashamed. The first lesson for the Feast of the Reformation is written in the 14th chapter of the Revelation to St. John, beginning at the 6th verse. I saw an angel flying in mid-heaven having an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on the earth and to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said with a loud voice, Fear the Lord and give him glory, for the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and the springs of waters. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. epistle is written in the third chapter of romans beginning at the 19th verse brothers we know that whatever things the law says it speaks to those who are under the law that every mouth may be closed and all the world may be brought under the judgment of god because by the works of the law no flesh will be justified in his sight for through the law comes the knowledge of sin But now, apart from the law, a righteousness of God has been revealed, being justified by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all those who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus." whom God sent to be an atoning sacrifice, through faith in his blood, for a demonstration of his righteousness through the passing over of prior sins, in God's forbearance, to demonstrate his righteousness at this present time, that he might himself be just, and the justifier of him who has faith in Jesus. Where, then, is the boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? Of works? No, but by a law of faith. We maintain, therefore, that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. is the lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our god in the mountain of his holiness walk about zion and go round about her tell the towers thereof mark ye well her bulwarks consider her palaces that ye may tell it to the generation following alleluia 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 for this is our god forever and ever he will be our guide even unto death alleluia The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and, if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children dancing in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds." Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings, and shall not be ashamed. And I will delight myself in thy commandments which I have loved, and shall not be ashamed. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, and shall not be ashamed.
2: Dear friends in Christ, grace to you and peace this day from God our Father and our Lord Jesus. Our text comes from the first reading, or is the first reading, Revelation 14, verses 6 and 7. Here the Apostle John records the vision that he saw. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people, And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. And our theme comes from this, an eternal gospel to proclaim. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, on this day that you have made, when we remember and recall Martin Luther and the Reformation and those who followed and bringing us to today. May we understand the importance of the gospel. May we understand the importance of our living that gospel out and proclaiming it to all so that they too can know the truth and by that truth experience the freedom that you have for them in Christ. And so open our ears, open our minds, open our hearts to this message, to your word, so that by it you will be glorified and many, many people will be helped. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Tomorrow, October 31st, is Halloween. It's a word that comes from a phrase, hallowed eve, Perhaps you are familiar with that. The word hallowed simply means holy. As we read and we pray in the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And of this, Luther wrote in his small catechism, God's name is certainly holy or hallow in itself. But we pray in this petition that it may be kept holy or hallowed among us also. So Halloween, hallowed Eve, there's something going on here that's holy. And what's going on here is the Eve. And so that word in that phrase means that October 31st is the day prior to a holy day. Like Christmas Eve prior to Christmas. And that holy day is All Saints Day celebrated on November 1st. Now, it was on that hallowed eve in 1517, some 505 years ago, that a fellow by the name of Martin Luther, a monk, a priest, a professor of the Bible at Wittenberg University, posted a notice on the door of the university church in Wittenberg, announcing his desire to engage in scholarly debate over the issue of indulgences. Now we know, or we call this, the 95 Theses. Now the question is, that we need to consider just briefly here, what is it all about? What was the burr in Luther's saddle that he wanted to debate over indulgences? Well, we're not going to get into specifically what indulgences were all about, But just to point out that this was like the tip of an iceberg. The issue of indulgences had its roots down deeper. And the deeper root was the fact that over time, the church had lost sight of the gospel. The church had buried the gospel in traditions. The church had moved away from the clear and beautiful and comforting words that for the sake of Jesus Christ your sins are forgiven. You are saved. Heaven is your home. And now go forth and live lives of repentance, loving and caring and sharing in tangible ways, in ways that express the truth so that other people may know and believe in Jesus Christ also. And so his debate over indulgences was just really an opportunity that Luther was seeking to work to bring the gospel back into the central position of the life of the church. And as it turned out, that one act of nailing those 95 theses to the church door by a relatively unknown monk, priest, and Bible professor became one of those shots heard round the world. Why? Why? Because it triggered the Reformation. And the world has not been the same since. It's not that the world doesn't seek to go back to the old way. It always does. And this is why we are called, as was Luther, to proclaim an eternal gospel to the whole world. And so this morning, we remember the Reformation. Not simply as a historical event. We're not here trying to admire a monument. Rather, we remember it today. Because even now, like Luther and many others following him, there still is an urgent need to proclaim this eternal gospel. Now, you might be wondering, as I have in the past, why this lesson on Reformation Day? Why? Well, the reason is because many believed or saw Luther as one who was like this angel, flying overhead, proclaiming an eternal gospel. And so this is why it is included here. But there's more, because Luther, as I've shared, is not alone. There were many who followed him, were doing similar things. And we are, by virtue of the fact that we are part of the Lutheran church, we are heirs of all of this. And we too have that responsibility to proclaim this eternal gospel. Now it's eternal, not because it will be proclaimed forever and ever and ever because there's going to come a time when the world will end when Jesus returns and at that point in time will be the judgment but the effects of the gospel for those who have heard and believe will continue on as we who believe in Jesus through this gospel will be with him in heaven and all the saints and so it is vital and critical That we look at our heritage as Lutheran Christians. And we see what Luther did. And what began out of that. And how we are now charged with the responsibility of continuing to proclaim that eternal gospel. Now the lesson that is our, from Revelation 14, is as I have said, a vision. But it's a series of visions that John saw and recorded in this book called Revelation or the Apocalypse. And to understand the significance of what we read, Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people, and he said with a loud voice fear god and give him glory because the hour of his judgment is come and worship him who made heaven and earth the sea and the springs of water this vision is part as i said of a larger series of visions and to understand it more fully we need to go back to chapter 13 because in chapter 13 we read the fact that, that, that Paul or that John describes the full throttled attack on the body of Christ, the church. And this full throttled attack was by the unholy trinity, the unholy trinity of the dragon, that is, Satan or the devil, and the two beasts, one who came up out of the sea and the other out of the earth. And between these Three, they have unleashed an attack against the followers of Jesus Christ. Satan could not defeat Jesus. Satan could not overcome the reality of the church per se. And so he has focused his eyes like a laser beam on people like you and me. We who believe and trust in Jesus as our Savior. And because of that, The church is continually under attack. And in Revelation 14, verse 1, John comes back to the church and he describes it as he did earlier in in Revelation 7, I'm sorry, Revelation 7, as the 144,000. And he says. Then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion, which stands for Jerusalem, and specifically the site of the temple, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, that is is Jesus, and with Him 144,000, who had His name and His Father's name written on their foreheads. Over time, the church has been battered and bruised. And in some parts of the world it has disappeared. In other parts it's on hospice. And in other parts of the world it's thriving. Satan cannot get his hands around the entirety of the church because Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail. Nonetheless, we experience the reality of this battle. And to sustain us In this constant struggle, God sent out three angels. Our text refers to the first angel, the angel who proclaims this eternal gospel to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. The second angel announces the fall of Babylon the Great. Now that term represents all the earthly forces, Satan and his minions can gather together to attack the church. They're going to be gone. They're not going to win. God wins. This too is the message of the gospel. And the third angel is there to warn the people who have heard the gospel to hold fast to it And not yield to the pressures, persecution, and lies of the beasts. Because those who do will drink to the fullest measure the wine of God's wrath. This is serious stuff, folks. You know, we like to play church. But if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are the enemy of Satan. And he has you in his sights. And he desires to destroy your faith. Or at least neutralize your witness of Christ in the world. So that others might not ever know of him through you and be saved. Now this attack on the church, the body of Christ, was not limited to the time of John who saw all these things and wrote of them. Nor was it limited. To the days of Martin Luther. It persists. Until the day Jesus returns. That day of the Lord. As we read in scripture. And as a result. The true and clear word. Of this enti- et- eternal gospel. Must continue To be proclaimed, whether it be from the pulpit, from your Bible classes, from your conversations with your fellow workers and and people in the community and at your school, within your homes, wherever you are, Satan is there. He is no dummy. He knows that if he can corrupt the gospel, And move people away from God's word. To believe a lie. To call evil good and good evil. Then we will be easy prey. So even those of you sitting here. And myself here as I speak. We need to be reminded of. And find great peace and joy and solace. In the reality that God's wrath. Has been satisfied by his son. And that He has given us forgiveness through Jesus. A forgiveness that was won on the cross. A forgiveness that was assured by Jesus' resurrection. For in His resurrection we see that death was unable to hold Him in the grave. Why? Because on the cross He who became sin for us paid the penalty once for all, for all of our sins. So that as we read in the book of Hebrews, there is now no sacrifice for sin. And so consider where we are today in what are called the culture wars over issues like abortion and human sexuality. One would have thought perhaps that with the recent Supreme Court decision moving the issue of abortion out of the Supreme Court and into the states, that this would be a great victory for those of us who support life over the culture of death. But as you read and are engaged with the world in which we live, you realize that this has just lit a fire under those who advocate abortion. And perhaps as you have listened, as I have, you realize that those who favor abortion, there's absolutely no statements relative to the one aborted, but only to the woman and the rights and the privileges and the life that they can have now, unshackled by children. That's where we are. And if you take a look at the sexual issue, the human sexuality, and all of the things that are out there, that are flying in the face of God's Word of truth that we are born according to His creative purpose as male and female. We don't have transgender. We don't have gender fluidity. Not according to God and His Word. We don't have homosexual marriages because God said, In Genesis chapter 3, the man shall leave his father and mother and join with his wife and they shall become one flesh. And that man is male and that wife is female. And you have all of those things that are are out there. And you lay them up against the true word and way of God. And you realize just how far we have gone from the truth of God's word. And what it does, it puts us in the center of the universe. I am the one who determines my gender. I am the one who determines whether or not I will have a child. I am the one. Go on and on and on and on. And all of this comes back to the reality of idolatry. We worship ourselves rather than the Creator. And we are just bringing wrath of God upon us because of this. And so, as as John was saying, this angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth. And he said in a loud voice, Fear God and give Him glory because the hour of His judgment has come. There is a judgment. And it's going to be an awful, horrible judgment for those who have been blinded by the truth. And you know what? When you look around and you look at many church bodies and congregations, they have bought this lie from the unholy trinity. The devil and his beasts. And they are promoting it. And they are saying that God's Word is not valid anymore to us. It was culturally constructed. It's but a myth or whatever they want to say to to remove that from their conscience. And we are free now to live a different life. We have dethroned God. God. And we have placed ourselves in his position. That's the world we live in. And it is in this world that we, like Luther and others, have got to go forth and proclaim this eternal gospel. People have to know that there is a judgment. People have to know that there is something called sin. People have to know that God loves them. And doesn't want them to live in that sin unrepentant. But to turn from their sins. And to embrace the cross in Christ. To realize the forgiveness and love that he has for them. That brings healing and wholeness. To a broken and fractured life and family and world. And we in a church body. That still holds to the truth are not immune to these pressures. The temptation to go along, to get along is great. And not only that, but sin which this unholy trinity offers us so alluringly is, as scripture tells us, pleasurable for a season. And so how are we to keep from succumbing to the elixir of this unholy trinity. It's by drinking deeply into God's word. And seeing the fullness of that word. And realizing the love that God has for you and for all people. And being willing to make the sacrifice. To live out that word. That word. So that people can see and hear Christ through you. In you. And this is why we can't leave Luther and the Reformation in the history book. Rather, given the presence, purpose, and persistence of that unholy trinity, we need as much as ever to do as Luther did and that is to proclaim this eternal gospel to all who dwell on earth. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passeth all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
1: We you mm-hmm.
0: but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord God, Heavenly Father, pour out, we beseech you, your Holy Spirit upon your faithful people. Keep them steadfast in your grace and truth. Protect and comfort them in all temptations. Defend them against all enemies of your word and bestow upon Christ's church militant your saving peace through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son, and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended." "'Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, "'that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, "'and the gospel preached in all the world. "'Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, "'especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, "'Kim, our Governor, the legislature of this state, "'and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace." All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work, and when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father. Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with Thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by Thy governance, may be righteous in Thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, Thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with Thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end, Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls